0: So, uh, you're Vietnamese? Just out of curiosity, what's your last name? Oh. ha Don't you ever upstage me again, ho. Don't you ever be funnier than me, ho. How dare you? This is my Netflix special, ho! What, what's your first name? What's your first name? Tran. Is your real name Tran? Is your first name Tran? My wife's fucking first name is Tran. fucking first name is Tran-Fucking-Ho. What do you do for a living? And if you say doctor, I'm gonna fuck myself, all right? You're not a doctor, right? Fuck me. (laughs) What the fuck, is your last, what's your, your last, are you fucking kidding me? Your last name is fucking ho? Fuck you hoes, all right? Fuck the hoes. Someone in the back is fucking with me right now. Cause there's hoes to the left of me, hoes to the right of me, and my real life wife hoe is in the fucking back. This is like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a bizarro whole universe. I don't know what's going- Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah, let's just have a conversation. Track three. Better not be fucking Dave Matthews Band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing... Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! Derek, this is virus You topic. hereby waive your right Derek, to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two, per the state versus Neville Reed, my colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated. Whatever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well,
1: hello, Mr. Fancy Pants.
2: What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket.
3: Can you describe the ruckus, sir. Does so this mean we're not friends anymore?
2: I'm you in, in my bar. Now you're mine. Yeah. Ain't it cool?
0: I'm in <laughs> First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me.
4: Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Uh, what is going on, everyone? DJ Nubis here with you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast with a rock and a hard place, Volume 4. Dude, my fucking bracket for the March Madness is toast. Oh my god i've gotten crushed like it's not just me i know everyone has because it's been like a really crazy tournament uh so but there's only like me and one other guy in my particular like tournament group i guess you would call it and we don't play for money or anything it's just for fun uh we both have two different obviously two different winners for the tournament now he is done like in terms of like the two teams he had uh in the final and also winning is gone like they're both gone <laughs> me i have one team that i picked to win that's still in it at this point they play again today uh villanova but he's beating the pants off me because you know he picked like certain teams to do pretty well like i thought Like, I knew North Carolina was a decent team, but, like, I really thought they weren't going to get past, like, the first couple rounds. And so, like, they're still rolling right now. They're still winning. They're in the uh, Elite Eight going into uh, tomorrow. So, you know, I mean, he has them losing this particular round coming up, so tomorrow he actually had Kentucky winning it all, and Kentucky's gone. But... As far as point system right now, he is whipping my ass. And so the only way I can actually pull this fucking thing out is if the team that I pick to win it uh, not only gets to the final, but wins the final. Like, that's the way that I'm going to win this whole fucking thing is by that team actually doing it. If they lose today, they're out. Like, I'm done. Like, there's not much I can do. And I think... Because even if I think if they win today, I, I kind of, I gain some ground there. But like whether or not you know, it happens, I don't know. But yesterday, I had Purdue winning to get to the Elite Eight, and like they lost. So if I had won that game, I, I would have made up more ground. But uh, currently, right now, I do have an advantage at some point uh, because if I can get Villanova to win, and if I can get kansas to win tomorrow i will definitely make up some ground so if those two teams win uh today and tomorrow i'll gain some ground there with that which will be nice um but we'll we'll see what happens and plays out there but this tournament dude's been nuts like there's only one number with seed left there. It's probably the team in Kansas that you didn't think was going to get that far, like Gonzaga lost the other night. That that was the team that I had in the final, so that fucked up that entire side of the bracket. Uh, and I should have known, because Gonzaga is one of those teams that, you know, when they first started making noise as a, a Cinderella and everything, you know, like a decade or so ago, uh, you know, they were one of those teams you're like rooted for because they were the underdogs, but Like within the last 10 years, like they become one of those more dominant basketball teams that usually makes a pretty good showing in the in the tournament, but then they always end up choking. Like they come out. I mean, aside from Virginia, who is my my school my team, uh, who has done at times choked uh, the number one seeds away, even though he won it a couple years ago, thank God. Uh, Gonzaga has the same similar problem. Like they've they've been rated as a number one ranking team in the tournaments, only to like blow it and lose. But they're not the only one this year. Like Kentucky, uh, well, Kentucky has a number two seed, I think. They might have been a number one. I can't remember. But Arizona was the number one. They just lost the other night too. So really, a couple of surprises right now. And really, it's like I said, if Purdue had won, I would be okay a little bit more. But St. Peter's has upset everybody. They've beaten, like, Kentucky, Purdue, uh, a couple of other good teams to get where they are. They're like a 15th seed. they the first 15th seeds to get to the Elite Eight ever. <laughs> and then you have uh, Miami, who is another ACC team uh, outside of UNC, and, like, they're ranked 10th, and they just got done uh, getting into the Elite Eight after beating, uh, I figured who they played last night, but... As a ten seed, you didn't really see it coming. Like I thought, they'd get through the first couple of rounds and then they would lose. But they they're just keeping on going. So I'm on edge. Like I'm really like I'm really hoping that both Villanova and Kansas can win to finish out the weekend to, to kind of get me back in the game here because he's got like 230 points and I think I've got like 160 or something or 194. I can't remember what it is, but he's kind of whipping my ass in terms of like. His picks are kind of doing a little bit better than mine right now. And here it was when I started my fucking bracket, dude. Like, I thought I was looking at the information and, like, you know, how a team scored, strength of schedule. I thought the strength of schedule was going to be my advantage. <laughs> Fuck that. They didn't give a shit about that. Uh, I played nothing. Like, I should just. <laughs> I should have kind of just not overthought it and just do what I usually do and just kind of like, okay, this sounds good, blah, 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 and then just go with it, but chances are I probably would have, like, there's just so many upsets that I probably still would have fucked it up because, like, you know, over the years you just think that certain schools have a dominance when it comes to the tournament and college basketball in general, but uh, this year is like a really lot of parody, like, that's just nuts, like, there's just, anybody can win it, it's so ridiculous. Uh, okay so you know how this shit works first couple blocks we're getting into you know more modern uh, post-rock alternative etc then we're going to go into a couple blocks of classic rock and then we do four blocks of the hair and hard rock in the middle of the show and then we just work our way back down in reverse so we'll go back to classic rock and then of course modern rock to finish it all out And I don't spend time on, you know, entertainment topics, so we don't waste a lot of time with that. But I will kind of break down some of the bands that I've got in each uh, block for you, so you kind of have an idea of who they are and what they're about, if I have the information. So in the first block, uh, I've done like an actual mini article uh, with this and four other bands on my blog that I had that I don't really update anymore but it's still out there so if anybody wants to go look at album ratings and and some of the shit like that uh, you'll find that article in there with Red Square Black uh, talking about that EP that was put out by um, Mark Binder uh, Randy Castillo the late Randy Castillo as well as John 5 and uh, it's actually really good And like, it's so fucking rare you can't find it now I'm, I'm like, kind of glad it's one of the few things I have that no one else really does and it's so weird because I remember when I first got it I was in a used record store and I saw like two or three other copies of it sitting in there I should have grabbed them at the time but you know I didn't really think much of it at the time because it wasn't one of these bands that got a lot of attention uh, you know I never thought it was going to be something that people were going to crave looking for down the road but uh, when I posted up like this particular song I am going to play for when I posted it on YouTube years ago I still get people commenting and I say, like, oh, man, can you put the rest of it up? You know, And I'm like, you know, I probably would, but I don't really want to do that because it's kind of a disservice to the band. I mean, I might do it just because, like, no one can get it that I know of. Like, I don't think you can even... Like, I don't think that John 5 is even going to re-release it. They might. I don't know. But they probably should because, you know, you could probably clean it up a little bit. It was done in 1994, so... Uh, people might be looking for it. I know they ask about it. People love it. The comments that I get. So they're like, well, yeah, I with this project. This is awesome. It's like an all-star lineup. Uh, et etc." et cetera. So uh, I have violent pauses to track. It's the opening track on that EP. The entire thing is great. It's like five songs, and they're all very diverse and versatile, uh, experimental stuff. Very fun. Uh, then we got um, Swan Valley Heights uh, from uh, Mewk Germany. We'll just say Germany. I'm so terrible at fucking pronouncing shit. I'm dumb as fuck. Uh, Swan Valley Heights. uh, They're kind of like a stoner, psychedelic space rock band and very cool. So uh, I'm glad to play some of this for y'all. I've I've probably done it like pretty many episodes of uh, Hordes Back. Uh, Then I got some Faith No More. People should be pretty familiar with them. Uh, Mike Patton and company. A little bit of classic track from them. Second block, uh, I got Arrow. Uh, I've played her a couple times now on Hordes of Chaos Rock Blocks. I've explained like she's one of Ozzy Osbourne's daughters, who I didn't even know about. Neko actually knew who she was. I didn't, uh, but apparently she's like the older sibling to the other two. And when they did the Osbourne show, she wanted to know part of it, and she was sixteen at the time. So it, you know, it's really kind of interesting how forward thinking she was about not wanting to be in the media or be in the spotlight with the cameras and everything on her family so she told her mom like look i don't want to participate this and you know shannon was like oh that's fine you know they i guess they put her up in a different place a different house or whatever uh which is pretty impressive for a 16 year old to want to like not be involved because in you know the other two kids looked like they just ate it up you know what i mean that they really enjoyed the shit out of it Uh, but uh, Arrow did not want to, and so but her music, you know, she has different parts of her music where it's kind of more like poppy rather than this and that, but then there's parts of her song catalog that has a very uh, Kate Bush or Chelsea Wolf vibe and shared something with the Night" is certainly uh, that type of track. I wish I could find, find, I know she was did an interview where she said she was just gonna do like uh singles like that's the way she wanted to release things and i and i, I she's not the one that does this but i rather if she's gonna do something like share something like that with the night like i wish she would do an entire album of stuff like that or in that structure because it's really really a, gr- a great track and i she has such a beautiful voice uh so, I, I, I wish there was more stuff in the vein of that. Like, some of the other songs I've heard don't really click with me like this one does. Uh, then we have Sandrus. And um, in 2018, when I released something like Serenity, I really fell in love with that record. That was one of my favorites of the year. There's almost no information on this band. And I, I don't know. They consider it like post rock, which is fine. Uh, it fits his just block stuff playing. And, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly where they're from, but I just remember they did like whenever I play a track. I know they liked my my Facebook page or whatever when that happened. So they were paying attention to, you know, people talking about their records. So it's really, really good stuff. Um, And then last to close out these uh, first two blocks is Transat from um, France. Uh, progressive metal and rock. Now, these guys caught my attention mainly because I, I, I've never heard Hellish Psychedelia from 2016. However, The Great Disaster from 2018, uh, when I was listening to it, I'm, I, I didn't know much about the band, so when I was looking, you know, you know how it is when I talk about how I'm listening to the records every week. Well, they're like one of those bands that I was doing that with. Same with Saunders and some of these other ones. And I was listening to it, and I'm like, man, these guys sound a lot like Devin. Like, it's really crazy. And so I looked them up a little bit. Uh, and, of course, they were influenced by Devin Townsend because the song they're going play for you, you're going to hear parts in this song where it sounds like something that Devin Townsend would actually write or sing. So it has that vibe. So you can tell the influence there. And it's, But it's not like a direct ripoff or anything. Like we've talked about in the past with bands, these guys are just influenced by different types of stuff, including Devin, because they are progressive. So to infinity, we'll close out our first two blocks. So we're going to get rolling. Red square block. This is called Violent Pause.
2: thinking about moving to another swamp. No, oh, really? Uh, I'm just not comfortable living in a swamp where assassination attempts are taking place. Uh-huh. Uh, every moon with a vendetta, uh, every snake with a sinus headache frightens me. Uh, I could get uh, jumped by some crazy weasel or something, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hey, gonna...
3: Snap out of it, Louis. Who uh, are you trying to kid, all right? Everybody knows it was you. Uh, me. What was me? You were the one who tried to bump off the frogs.
2: Oh, Frank, are you back to... Th- it was the ferret. His paw prints are all over the place. Uh, what, Louis, what else? You, you...
3: hired that ferret.
2: Hey, I object.
3: Not but really? I, I had
2: no motive. No I love Budweiser, and I love the frogs. You
3: love the frogs. Yes,
2: I consider them good friends oh, of mine. Oh yeah, you. you're good buddies. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Hey, hey, excuse me. If you would remember last summer, mm-hmm. I invited them to that barbecue.
3: Yeah, well, Louie, you wanted to cook them at that barbecue.
2: Well, at least I invited them. Oh. You wouldn't have invited them at all.
3: No.
5: I couldn't say too Penises, at this point in my life, were that they were these noodley things that hung between a guy's legs. They pee from them and you shouldn't look at your cousin JD's when you guys are getting changed to go swimming. Like, that's all the information I had about penises. And now, one's gonna go in my mouth? Okay, I knew that sex was a thing, a penis would go in my vagina someday, but that was, it's my vagina. Like, I don't have taste buds down there or whatever. (laughs) Like, stick whatever you want down there. I can't taste it, okay? So I was like, who cares about my vagina? But my mouth, that's where candy goes. Like, I can't believe you would put a dick there. I was devastated. And you, like, you, you kind of go, maybe I don't have to do it. Maybe it's something not, a, not every girl does. And then you realize it's kind of your destiny as a woman. Like, you're going to do it. You know what I realized you have to do it is when I found out it was one of the bases. Because I knew home plate was sex and if I ever wanted to have sex because I wanted to, I don't know, make a family someday, I was going to have to you can't skip a base. If you want kids, you're going to have to suck some dicks on the way to those kids. (laughs) What's the last thing my kids want me doing?
4: Alright. Closing out that block. Trans to infinity and beyond now we're getting ready to get into our couple blocks of classic rock vibe artists and I've got some if you recall from volume three (laughs) I was supposed to play some ELO and it turned out to be a cover tune that I wasn't paying attention and like I was like whoops got to skip that because that's not the vibe that we're going for here love covers obviously all do but that wasn't what I was looking for. So, I've made sure I've got the right track this time. So, we're going to kick off our first block with some ELO. Don't Bring Me Down. And then, they're out of actually, uh, they're out of England, Birmingham. That's ELO there. Then we got some long hair. I, I think this band actually contacted me, I kid you not, on um, Last FM at one point, about a few years ago. And, uh... I wasn't really sure what to expect when I was listening to it. I think it was um, Wonderland, I believe, or maybe it was Radio Rebel. I can't remember which record it was that they were promoting at the time. But uh, they're a quartet out of Croatia, um, and it's really cool because they're like this old-school 70s and 80s rock. And uh, they are actually were better than I thought they might be when – i first started listening to them so I was like because you know the band name is yeah you know where'd you come up with that i'm not really sure it's 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 l-o-n-g-h-a-r-e so it's like it's not even like long hair like hair hair it's like like hairs and rabbit so so i'd be curious how they came up with that name anyway uh but i've got a track called sky Marshal. and i believe that's off their last release um that i have and uh it's actually a pretty strong release it's got some really good tunes on it so they're actually a pretty decent band so you'll get a chance to hear them got some billy squire uh you can probably say he's a little more of the 80s vibe because uh, that's sort of like his heyday but he was more on the um softer pop side of rock rather than the hard rock so in terms of our over the uh overall vibe that i'm trying to convey through this classic rock blocks is that he'll probably fit more into this uh than he would in the hard and hair rock stuff so in the dark we got that coming up uh a band i really love american band called zebra and uh this is interesting about this band because the song i chose is who's behind the door this was the first track that i really kind of remember hearing from i may have heard some other ones in the 70s because these guys have been around for a while but this song I remember seeing on MTV, and it was right around the same time that I saw Joe Walsh's The Confessor. And so like I was sorta of like like a sponge. I was soaking up all these bands that were being promoted on MTV. Like no matter how bad the downfall of MTV was now and like after, you know, the real world and everything could kicked off and, you know, reality television destroyed MTV basically. Uh You were still able to to discover different bands. I mean, even when Alternative and Grudge took off, you found, like, all these other bands. Like, I know Neko and I talk about it all the time where, uh, you know, the Alternative Rock stuff, you know, 120 Minutes, I think it was, or whatever it was, you know, you would find... You found and discovered so many bands that were very unique and cool. Like, I won't say I'm the biggest fan, but the Sugar Cues with York, like that was a really fun band, like, Birthday was, like, the songs I really liked, uh, from the Sugar Cubes, and so, of course, it helped I was tripping my ass off that day, that morning that I was, uh, watching that, uh, but, you know, I I did become a fan of hers a little bit, even when she started doing the solo stuff, so, you know, you you discover certain bands through MTV, even though you weren't necessarily, uh, trying to or whatever but that's that was the way you would do it because we didn't have the internet then like so it was just you were whatever was fed to you via mtv that's what you got uh journey this is more of a dedication to neko of course i've got don't stop believing for her and then um camel this band i actually discovered through my good friend jason who uh he's like a big prog rock guy he likes genesis and like you know rush and Camel, of course he has a couple of Camel vinyls and uh he's like have you ever heard this band I'm like no i never heard them at all and i didn't even know like like when you go and look them up do they have like a long catalog shit like it's crazy and yet when you hear people talk about the 70s rock era like, no one mentions this band at all Uh, And apparently, this band, though, was a big influence on Michael Affordit from uh, Opeth. So, when Jason told me this, I was like, wow, this is fucking cool, man. This is some good shit. So, I ended up, you know, downloading a few albums and checking them out. And, you know, you find some very cool tracks. And uh, I think I did pick up a vinyl at some point. I'm not sure which record, though. Um, Maybe Mirage, I think. I don't know. But I've got a track in there for you for that, then. Of course, we'll start blazing into the hard hair rock stuff. But uh kicking it all off. Don't bring me down, motherfuckers.
6: but they were younger. Like, I don't trust dads who know exactly how old their kids are. (laughs) If you're talking to a dad, he's like, 16 months today, he better be married to another dad. (laughs) And that's, I don't mean that homophobic. I'm not homophobic at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I'm more like a homochondriac. Like I'm comfortable if you're gay, I'm comfortable with your lifestyle, I'm just afraid one night you'll get me drunk and trick me into it. (laughs) And I'll like it. That's my fear. I'll like it and I'll be good at it. So I saw gay porn once for like 45 minutes. Let me tell you something. Holy shit. Ladies, you got to step up your blowjob game. Yeah, you're still playing JV basketball, and the gay guys are the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, dunking on cocks. Holding their own head. Fuck this face, son. The fuck are we talking about? I'm literally. How did I get off on this gay rant? The fucking. Oh, my daughters! My daughters! My daughters! Gay guy, shung and cock. Oh, my daughters! Okay, here we go. This'll work.
5: Dick. they like love it and i've never understood it i'm like what are you getting out of it and then i realize it's because they're good at it that's it it's as simple as that truly if you're if you love sucking dick it's because you're good at it and if you don't like it if you're like i hate blowjobs because you're bad at it it's you're really bad at it we like doing things we're good at and if you were good at it you would do it all the time if you're just like it's such a bore and such a pain you're you suck at it and i'm one of you <laughs> Could have been good, I, all it would have taken was one guy to just like give me a compliment early on, you know? Someone just, just like show me that I had a little promise or something, just <laughs> send me off in the right direction. <laughs> we just wanna be good in the, and it's, it's, it's early intervention is key. Like I feel like true blowjob queens, girls that are like, I love it. It was like one of the first times they gave a blowjob, the guy was like, you're great and like, Believed in them because that's what it takes. It takes one guy, one coach, one youth minister to lay the foundation for a girl. The first time, oh, you're so nervous, and all you want is a guy to just take your chin and be like, "Hey, look up." You go what? He's like, "You've got spunk in your hair," but like the way that you. Handled my balls was pretty cool and I think you're on to something. Just anything. We'll nudge. And that's why I tell guys, lie to us. Tell us we're good and we'll blow you all the time. Honestly, like, if you hook up with a girl and she blows you and it's not very good, just lie and be like, that was the best job ever. Cause she'll just be like, it was? And then she'll like set off on a course to like, be the best and she'll go out and she'll be like, I was good once,
4: you know? Okay. getting ready to get into our Hard and Hair Rock Blocks on the way got some Tesla I actually got to see them I'm trying to remember if I saw them once or twice uh. excuse me um, definitely saw them once at Red Rocks probably in 88 or 89 it had to be 89 so they were one of the openers there was Kicks, Tesla and then Great White was the headliner at that time and I, I want to say something. I want to say they, they opened up for Motley Crue in around the same time but I can't re- quite remember no actually that was Warrant that opened up for Crue so it wasn't uh, I only saw Tesla the once I think I'm old, my memory's kind of fake. I'm sorry, me allen meowing? Anywho, uh... Yeah, so it was a cool show at Red Rocks. And, you know, it was funny, because I'd seen Kicks, like, maybe two or three times throughout those last three years. But I remember, in 88, I actually got to see Rat during, um... Reach for the Sky. And, uh, so... Like... It was Kix and then Brittany Fox and then of course Rat. So but you know, I was the sad thing about that is like I grew up a big rat fan, like I really love Rat. And uh, but live when I've seen him live, now granted last time I saw him live was like in two thousand and this was you know, Crosby had already passed away and they were kind of mixed and you know a lineup there i don't think i don't think juan was there they had some other guy on bass uh in fact i think um i can't remember his name but the singer from um love hate was actually singing dizzy was singing for rat so steven wasn't even in the band at that point so it was really not that great i saw them in 88 with the full lineup but uh the sound was terrible. Is that McNichols Arena when it was still I don't know if it's still there or not, um, in Colorado, but man, yeah, the sound for them that night was just horrible. And he really I don't know, it's so disappointing. Like I've seen YouTube videos of rat where the sound is amazing. Like, you know, depending on the club. Like usually it's a smaller club, but man, yeah, it was it was bad that that particular concert for me in terms of sound. Um i got some david coverdale and jimmy page in here uh they did a collaboration uh which was really amazing um it was so interesting because coverdale you know going up into that that collaboration with page had already been kind of compared to uh robert plant with his vocal range and of course they'd already released uh the self-titled white white snake album in 87 so Obviously, that whole like, oh yeah, it's like a Zeppelin type thing, you know, because Coverdale has similar vocal range as Planted. Uh, but there's a track off that uh, self, uh, that one album they did collaboration it was really fucking good, uh, really good. Like someone played it for me, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I've got to buy this. Uh, got some Accept now. Accept generally more is heavy metal, but they always kind of like dove into the hard rock genre as well. So I have a track off Metal Health. Uh, not mental health. God, what am I? Metal Heart, excuse me. God damn. Uh, Then I've got uh, Kick Tracy. Not many people know them. Uh, They put out maybe one or two records, I think. Uh, Really only had one real, like, single or, you know, uh, yeah, a single that was, like, popular, You're So Strange, which I have for you all. Uh, I saw them, actually, in concert. I can't remember the venue. It was while I was still in Colorado. And, uh, you know, basically they were finishing up around 90 and 91 because it was like the tail end of that whole hard rock thing before Nirvana and grunge and everything took over uh, the airwaves. But uh, it was a pretty good concert, really, for what they were doing. I mean, I don't like a lot of material. They don't have quite the great songwriting ability as like the Van Halen or ratter Dokken type stuff. But, you know, for that particular type of show, it was fine. Uh, then I have a band called Shout uh, out of Sweden. And uh, they've been around for a while, since the early 80s. And uh, another hard rock band. But no one really talked about them. Really, like during the heyday of Hair Rock, they just, I don't think they really got played that much. I'm sure they had videos. Uh, but I don't recall anyone ever really uh, talking about them. So it's kind of weird because the whole for the most part the whole hair rock stuff was mainly based from the u.s stuff you know u.s bands that were out there the la scene and all that so aside from bands like you know loudness or uh other bands out of the you know america like it was hard to really break that break into that 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 scene without you know unless you had a big uh, hit or something but uh, but they're they're a really good band too. And then I've got some Lynch Mob. This is again featuring George Lynch, uh former guitarist for Dawkins. Um he had it after he left Dawkins he actually did Lynch Mob for a little while. And they put out a few few records and so I've got a track from that. Uh Cobra Spell, a band for the Netherlands and they're a more recent band within the last couple of years. Uh, they mix a blend of heavy metal and hard rock. So I think you really enjoy this with Love Venom. Red Beach, you've probably heard me talk about him before with Black Swan. Also, he was the original guitarist with Winger. Uh, he had a solo. He actually had a solo career. He actually played for Dokken for a little bit on Race to Slate, too. But, And I think that's how he and Pilsen hooked up to do Black Swan. But... Uh, He had a solo career, and he had some solo albums out there. And I forget the name of the one, because it's the one I own. Let me just pull it up here, because I know. A Masquerade. So it's from... um, Where is it? Why did I just lose it? Oh, 2001. Okay, so... Yeah, so I have this solo record from him from 2001. Dark Places is one of the other singles I really like of it, but uh, Sorrow of Stained Eyes is just really good, and it's good for a lot of different reasons. One, it's kind of interesting because despite being in 2001, this I felt this record kind of would have fit into the alternative Rock era as well. Um, and Dokken did some stuff, believe it or not, that actually was kind of along the lines of the grunge alternative Rock era as well, so they could, even though they didn't get played, uh, you know, probably... Radio personalities and DJs probably saw it and thought, "Well, we're not playing hard rock anymore," so they probably didn't give it a chance. But "Sorrow Stained Eyes" kind of has that alternate rock vibe. But then, like when you start getting towards the end of the song, and you'll know this when you hear it, uh, you'll hear Reps, get, you know, solo in at the end. It's so amazing, like he is so freaking good. Uh, even now with Black Swan, I'm telling you, check out that band. They're fucking really great uh, for modern like hard rock stuff. Uh, Stampede, another band that's been around for a little while. They got, got a track called Girl. And then we're going to get into our last block where we have Bon Jovi, uh, classic stuff from uh, 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit. You know, it's funny with Bon Jovi is. Uh, I kind of have this like, love-hate relationship with them, um, mainly because I kind of spend most of my time these days with the first two records. So the self-titled and 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit. They're really kind of where I just stay with in terms of what I want to hear, like if I even listen to them now on my iPod or whatever. It's not that Slippery When Wet or um, New Jersey's bad records, uh, but they were so over-fucking-played that I just kind of got tired of them. <laughs> so I don't really listen to those records much anymore, uh, just mainly the first two. Um, got some Def, Classic Def Leppard, gonna love it. Then I've got Rail closing it out, and I really love this band too. Uh, generally, you've probably heard me play the 1, 2, 3, 4 Rock and Roll, which was like one of the first videos I saw from a hard rock band on MTV in the early 80s. Uh, I had seen some doc that I can't remember the name of at the moment, but they talked about the whole scene. I think it was actually based on... They were talking more about the thrash scene, but how some of these hard rock bands were around at the same time. And Some of these thrash guys were talking about how fun Rail was as a live band. Like, you know, just their energy and everything else and i remember trying to find because i used to have the ep which this song comes off of on cassette but i had a bunch of cassettes stolen when i was younger and uh so trying to find it was very difficult and then neko was able to pull up uh she managed to find a cd that had both the ep and their full length uh, added on to it and uh, I was, like, amazed, like, so happy that she found it. Like, she's, she's had this knack for finding stuff that I can't find, which is really cool. Uh, she's just a very good uh, researcher, and she, she, when she's looking for something and determined, she will find it. <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy. It's very rarely when she won't find something she's actually looking for that she knows that I really want or whatever. But So I have Hard Girl to Love that's coming off that EP for that, closing out that there. But let's uh, kick it off with probably my favorite... Tesla song ever. Um, it's all probably my favorite Tesla record, uh, Mechanical Renaissance. Uh, it's called Little Susie. Let's get moving. <laughs>
6: find me funny I've only made him laugh one time one time, seven Christmases ago I was in D.C. I called my wife up I go, yo, what do you want for Christmas? My wife's like pajamas that's what I heard, pajamas she meant pajamas I heard pajamas she meant a pair of pajamas, start there Bert. I heard the plural so I bought her seven pairs of pajamas And individually wrapped them, she had a lot of shit to open. And then sat back in the cut, going, done, son! Bitch wants pajamas, bitch got pajamas! All Christmas, I'm like, yo, open my gift. She's like, I'll get to it, I'm working with the girls. My dad's sitting next to me, like, you must have killed it this year, buddy. I was like, you'll see. Finally end of Christmas, she gets to my present. I've been talking about this present all Christmas. (laughs) Whole family gathers around. She opens the first pair, pulls them out and just goes, oh, pajamas. (laughs) And immediately I think, fuck. (laughs) If that's her reaction to pajamas number one, I can't imagine it's gonna build. <laughs> My dad's drinking whiskey and eggnog, and just goes, "Who the fuck buys someone pajamas?" <laughs> she opens a second pair, pulls them out, and goes, "Oh, more pajamas." <laughs> My dad looks at the five unwrapped gifts, quickly does the math, and goes, "Oh, you're a fucking idiot." <laughs> By pajamas number five, he's going flipper on me, just. Pajamas number six, the whole family's around are going, come on pajamas, come on pajamas. Pajamas number seven, they are pissing themselves. Thinking, how could this get funnier? What they do not know is I've also bought my mom and sister's pajamas. You should have seen this man when my mom pulled her gift out from me and he was like, oh, it's motherfucking Pajamas. <laughs>
0: thinking that you're stuck, the next day, I could not stop thinking about that. I was like, well maybe, I know I'm playing it safe, but maybe it's time for this college kid to turn pro. You know what I mean? Maybe I gotta fucking, I gotta rethink my life. Maybe I got, maybe this is a time for me to pursue acting full time, but you know, look at me. I know I look like a a fucking double-chinned Asian Mr. Burns (laughs) with bad posture, but I don't know. I mean, maybe this is time for me. Maybe this is a sign. By the way, I'm thinking all this while 50 patients are waiting for me. (laughs) Not a good look. And my nurse is desperately trying to get me to focus. She goes, Dr. Jung, uh, you have a patient in room two waiting for you. I was like, well, nurse, you have a doctor who doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) Just did a movie, Carol. Just did a movie, man. You don't get it. (laughs) And believe it or not, I quit my day job the next day. True story. I was scared, man. I was fucking scared because I didn't have any family support. Like, my strict, traditional Korean dad who wanted me to be a doctor before I was born, no, he was severely bumping on this shit, dude. He, he was just like, he cursing me out in Korean, you, you, you bring great shit to Chung family? And then after the hangover, we are so proud. I knew you'd make it, boy. I knew you'd make it. I believe in you. We are so proud of your tiny ding dong. So proud. <laughs> the smaller the penis, the bigger the box office more. <laughs> oh, thanks Papa. Great phrase. Okay.
5: You can spit or you can swallow, right? You gotta register as one before November 9th. Just make sure you know what you're gonna do. I knew what I was gonna do. I was was registered as a spitter long before I ever got in that booth. You know what I'm saying? I knew I was gonna spit because I knew about girls who spit and I knew about girls who swallow. Girls who spit are grossed out by it and they're like, and guys don't appreciate it, but it's far better than a girl who swallows. Because I knew girls that swallow, oh, these sloven whores. They love it. <laughs> it's fuel for them. It's how they survive. <laughs> it's the base of a slut's food pyramid. It's just a sturdy base of cum. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not going to be a slut. Like, I don't want to be that. So when I give a blowjob, I'm totally going to spit. So I get in there, I get my first blow job, and um, I swallowed immediately, because I was like, this is disgusting. Let's get it down the hatch, take it like a shot. Like, this is clearly the most efficient way to dispose of this. Immediately. I didn't even have to think twice about it. I've never spit. And <laughs> ever. If you spit, that means you have to hold it in your mouth as you like walk through his apartment and find the bathroom that he shares with his roommates. You run into them; they're all watching Varsity Blues in the living room. You have to be like, "Hey guys, is anyone in there? Can I get in?" Or, "Oh, so Andrews in the shower? I'll wait. It's fine. I love this movie. What? This is such a good movie. I forget. You forget how good it is." <laughs> Quoting classic lines, I'm like, I don't want your laugh. Like, and I can. It's a better James Vanderbeek because of it. Okay, that's one benefit. <laughs> but you're doing like a wine tasting. Like, you just. <laughs> and don't get it twisted, guys. A girl isn't. She's not swallowing because she's like, yummy, cummy in my tummy, yummy. <laughs> No. I mean sometimes. (laughs) 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 Turns out I'm a (laughs) horse.
7: And it's down to you and I when the sun.
1: I, when the sun appeared, there was nothing
7: left for goodbyes, silent night.
2: It's Frankie. Hey there, Louie. I need some new material. You're telling me. I mean, all my jokes are frog related. No kidding. I need ferret insults. You need a hobby. Hey, what do you think of this one? Hey, ferret, your mother is a prairie
3: dog. What's that supposed to mean?
2: He, your mother is a prairie dog. Yeah, his is his not a funny? Dog. Well, I don't know. Okay, how about this? Hey, ferret. Your mother's a
3: bushy-tailed mongoose. What's with all the mother jokes? I don't know. They work. Louie, if you want to insult them, say something really derogatory. Like what? Like, hey, Ferret, your slapstick brand of humor is less intelligent than my witty, dialogue-driven banter. Well, that's a half an hour long. Well, it makes them think. It's very psychological. All right, let me give it a try. give it a Uh, shot. Hey,
2: Ferret, your dialogue-driven slapstick is humorless and, and without banter for all. Huh? See, I don't think he understood it, Frank. Well, you didn't say it right. I, I said it as best I. Hey, sorry, your mother's a weasel! <laughs> See that? It works every time. I heard him. I stung him with that one. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri.
4: All right. Rock block. Rock and hair rock block. Now over. Completed. As we start our way back down now into the more... Classic rock vibe stuff. I've got the Heavy Minds from Austria, and uh, man, they, they're a pretty cool band. Um, their album Second Mind, I think, I actually got that on vinyl now. Uh, I don't know what you even call it. It's like a it's a, it's like a sweep they do on the record. But the songs they play, there's like this sweep on the frets that they use, and they. <coughs> In some ways, I want to say it's almost Beatlesque, but it's not quite. I mean, obviously, whenever I compare bands to the Beatles or stuff of that area, you know, it's like it's not like I'm saying they're direct ripoffs or anything like that. But there's like this kind of like influence there with that. And uh, but I'm not even sure where that like where I've heard that like slide with the frets before. But uh, they they t- tend to use it a lot on this particular record. Uh, But it's very cool on how they do it and incorporate it into their music and their riffs and stuff like that. So have a track from Second Mind going to be playing for you. Then uh, Mr. Warren Zevin, uh, probably his most notable track, Werewolves of London in there. Then I have the band called Death, and uh, I've actually done, like, (sighs) did I do it? when I started the podcast I can't remember I, maybe not it might have been before we restarted all the podcasts but there's a documentary out there called a band called Death and actually when I saw it I'm like is this supposed to be about like Chuck Schuldiner and you know death metal band Death and then like it's not it's this trio of black gentlemen from Detroit Michigan who played proto punk and punk rock garage rock and dude it's a very good documentary documentary. You got to check it out. I think it's on Tubi still. Um but uh it's like Three Brothers and the music's actually very good. Like, you know, for that time period and what they were doing and the way they were doing it, it was like long before the Ramones and, you know, Sex Pistols and all this other punk stuff that's going on. Uh, I'll not say long before, but it really was on the cusp, but they never really got mentioned in the same vein as those punk rock bands. Uh, but man, yeah, like one of them, the main writer, I can't remember which one it was, uh, might have been David, I think. Uh, he passed away, I think, from suicide, uh, some years ago. And, you know, in the doc, there's the two brothers talk about it a lot, uh, and about his influence and what he meant to them. And But it was so funny because, um, <clears throat> David was sort of, uh, What do you want to say? Uh, he uh, sort of predicted what would happen. He told his brothers back then in the 1970s that, you know, one day you hold on to these tapes that we have, and it's going to mean something, and it's going to become something, and people are going to take notice. And sure as fuck, it came to pass, but, you know, probably some of that was because of the passing of David, like the fact that they went and, you know, made this doc about, hit their lives growing up with the music and but they were really really talented and really sad what happened there with that and highly recommended any music doc you ever check out check out a band called death and uh certainly uh and of course one of the things that they talked about was the band name which was hard for labels to want to put them out there because of the name. But, you know, they were headstrong about it. They wanted that that name because it represented what they were doing and what some of their lyrical content. It wasn't like so much like, you know, kill yourself and stuff like that. And they were very spiritual in terms of writing and everything else. So uh, the song I have is Keep On Knocking on there. Then we got Rush and Blue Colton Cult and Classic, Moderna from them. And then I've got a band called uh, Fantasy from the 70s doing the Gnome song. And uh, yeah, so they're they're kind of like in the vein of vanilla fudge and the Doors and Jimi Hendrix stuff like that. So we'll get rolling. Here's the Heavy Minds with Spheres.
6: school nurse she goes i have isla in the office is there a parent at home i was like i'll do (laughs) gives the phone to isla her first words i tried to stop it dad (laughs) i go stop what she goes i got my period i'm like bitch you promised (laughs) i'm like you called the wrong number dickhead call your mom she's like dad i need you right now immediately as a parent i'm melting down so i'm like she's freaking out at school she's by herself she's going through what georgia went through this isn't my skill set but i got this i go okay baby all right okay how'd you get it <laughs> she was like dad i was playing kickball immediately i'm like oh poor kid boy. I thought she blew out her pussy <laughs> just oh shit Oh, I'm out, coach. I'm out. Yeah. I tore my twat. It's bad. I blew out my cooch, coach. I'm going to have to sit this one out. Pinch runner. Pinch runner. Now, I'm spiraling. I'm like, all right, what do you need from me? New pants? New panties? New socks? Did it get in your socks? A bucket, some towels, garlic. We're going to keep the vampires away from you. She's like, Dad, I'm fine. Mom gave me a go bag. I go, okay, then what are you calling me for? She goes, I need you to go to the store and get supplies. I'm like, how bad is this, period? She's like, no, Dad, I'm throwing myself a period party tonight. I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? She's like, all the girls are doing it, Dad. I need you to go to the store and get supplies. Get a red velvet cake. I'm like, ah, ah! I go, baby, I don't think I can eat a red velvet cake (laughs) knowing what it symbolizes. She's like, dad, you need a red velvet cake for a period party because you put the name of your period on the cake. I'm like, who names their period? She's like, Georgia named hers after the girl from Progressive Auto Insurance. (laughs) She's like, dad, please, I need you right now. I have 10 people coming tonight. I go, we have 10 little girls coming to the house. She goes, no, eight girls, two boys. I'm like, who invites boys to a period party? And I hear her sinister little giggle on the phone, and she goes, Dad, that's the fun of it. We don't tell them why they're there. (laughs) Now I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. I have never had more fun at a party in my entire life. Planning, hosting, and attending a period party. I dressed all in red like it was Chinese New Year's. drinking Pinot Noir, I made pasta with chunky marinara sauce, and I giggled the whole night with all these little girls at these two boys, Max and Carter, right, faces covered in red cake, like it's their honeymoon, and they're like, fuck it, I'll eat it anyway. The whole party, these two boys are looking at the cake going, who the hell's Jason? Jason? My daughter, Isla Kreischer, named her period Jason because she got it on Friday the 13th. bathrooms here, or do I have to shit in the planet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Stupid fucking idiot red-shirted ass. You guys think you're so fucking cool. It makes me sick. Let's go make fun of the vegans and their crazy lifestyle. We're not hurting anyone. Go eat a hamburger and choke on a cow dick.
2: Aw, someone missed their yoga class this morning. I can't
5: believe it, Dad. You just stole coming.
2: What goes around, comes around. Woohoo!
1: Man, they're gonna be pissed.
4: They're always pissed, honey. They're Nazis. It's like it's their job. Alright. We're back. Getting ready to jump into our last two blocks of the afternoon. Going back into the modern rock, post-alternative, grunge, etc. And in the form of got orgy in here a band that was basically discovered by corn uh but it did have a member uh pardon me i forget his name with guitarist who played for rough cut one of the hard rock hair rock bands of the 80s so he had transformed playing with orgy where they were more of an industrial goth band um had some success in the late 90s there and then uh kind of faded out Crimson Glory. Now people are gonna be like, "What? What? Why are you putting Crimson Glory in here, man? I don't understand." Well, here's the thing. Crimson Glory has always kind of dabbled on the heavy metal, hard rock side of things, and when they released *Strange and Beautiful*, which was probably about '91 or '92, uh, when I listened to that record, even with *Midnight* on vocals, like there's a lot of good tracks on it, but the, the, the overall vibe and sound of it was more actually geared toward the alternative rock direction like I think at that point they were kind of just trying to fit into what the scene the mainstream scene was you know they had so much success with Transcendence the album before that uh but that's when the tail end of the hard rock movement was sort of dying out at that point so I think Strange and Beautiful was kind of like their way of trying to adapt much like Extreme did, and other band, you know, Doc and all the rest of them, who were just trying to fit into the scene and see if they could still make a name or you know make money doing what they were doing. Uh, and the funny, like the funny thing is, like all those bands that tried to adapt, you know, they had some actually good stuff out there. Uh, but I think what happened was when it came to like the people that run MTV and. You know, the, the radio stations, you know, they weren't looking to keep playing those bands. For whatever reason, there was like some sort of prejudice against playing a, a, a hard rock band that actually had something that would fit in with their playlist in, in the current time, so they were kind of shied away from that for whatever fucking reason. Uh, even uh, Enough's Enough did the same thing, too. So, uh, you know, uh, Crimson Glory they themselves were kind of taking their hand out, and they actually had a pretty good record it's just much different than the first two that they had uh, I think at that point Midnight was no longer in a band I don't want to say he passed away but I don't want to <laughs> say for sure like I know when they did the fourth record Astronomicon I think it was or Astronomica or whatever it was uh, they had a different singer when they did that record Uh, Midnight obviously had battled some, like, you know, uh, drug and alcohol abuse, and that was kind of like one of the problems with the band itself, you know, as far as putting shit out. But I chose Love and Dreams off that record, uh, Strange and Beautiful, because it fits, again, with everything that's going on, and I kind of consider that more of an alternative rock record versus a hard rock record. Uh, But it has some really good tracks on it, you should check it out. Uh, Then Up Borem, this is another one that. Again, people are going to be kind of like, what? Uh, This band started out as a black industrial band. Uh, Like, we're talking heavy, heavy shit. Uh, And they've progressively gotten softer and softer and kind of gone more into this industrial gothic rock stuff. And technically, this comes off their last record, which was pretty good. Like, you know, it's... You know, I was never, like, a huge Aboram fan one way or the other, so... I can appreciate shit that they've done in their early career, and also appreciate what they've done later. So, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you one version of their band is better than the other. But, you know, it's it's fine by me if if I find some redeeming qualities out of what they're putting out now. Uh, then I'm gonna give you some Snake River Conspiracy. Uh, that was mainly just two people, individuals: Jacks, Jason Slater. Who was the producer, bass engineer, and songwriter? And then Toby Torres was the vocals. I forget exactly what it was. Definitely MTV, but I think it was like some show I was watching where they were playing videos, and uh, the song Vulcan came up. And you know, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." And uh, their album Sonic Jihad that came out in the late '90s uh, was really cool. And then I found out kind of later on that. Some of their songs, like "Breed," had actually the baseline to uh, "Planet of the Apes," and you know they had a lot of. They also did a great cover uh "How Soon Is Now." You know that's on there. Vulcan, of course, like I said, and then I, I picked "Strangled." And this is funny about "Strangled" is like it's one of those songs that I figure when I hear it, when I listen to it, it sounds something like I would hear on a James Bond theme movie. You know what I mean? Maybe you don't get it, but when you hear, it, maybe you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, then I got some, uh, Tons from their latest release, uh, Re-Ranchio is in there, so we'll get going, and then we'll close it out, and then that'll be it. So, here's some orgy with social enemies.
3: Frank? You ready for this weekend?
2: Why? What's this weekend?
3: The ferret's having a party. Oh, life's a nightmare. He's getting two cases of Budweiser, a bucket of nachos, and a karaoke machine.
2: I'm not going.
3: Louie, everyone's going. Yeah, like who? A bunch of slugs? Mm-mm. Me, you, the ferret, and all of his lady friends. The ferret has lady friends. Oh, yeah, dozens. Eh? He's like a furry little gigolo. Yeah,
2: I don't believe this. Hey, hey ferret, what? who's coming to this party of yours? Well, it's no It's terrible.
3: What's he saying? He's saying there'll be some fine looking weasels. Some iguanas that need a good man. He's
7: lying.
3: And a mongoose named Lynette.
2: Lynette.
3: Who likes to shake a booty on the dance floor?
2: Okay, okay, take a cold shower, squeaky. I, I don't get it, Frank. What do they see in him? He-, he can't even talk.
3: They like the squeaks. What? Women love a guy who can squeak. That's the number one rule of dating.
2: Oh, they like it when guys go, wee 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 wee.
3: Drives them crazy.
2: Oh, shut up! Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri.
4: Deftones, Urantia, DJ Duba's here with you with A Rock and a Hard Place volume 4, and we're getting ready to close this one out. Hope you enjoyed the tracks. I enjoy kind of doing these now because I am a big rock fan, so sometimes with the rock blocks I don't get quite my fill with it. But, you know, as much as I love metal, too, but it's why when I'm out on the road delivering for Amazon and whatnot, I'm always listening to my iPod, which has a mixture of just about everything that I like. So It's kind of the nice thing about that, but people are seem to be enjoying these rock shows pretty well, and that's good. I'm glad. Um, quick note about Snake River Conspiracy. I, I said they did the one album and they were done. Uh, that's still true. However, I just read that uh, Toby Torres, the singer, she uh she's in a new project as of 2016 called uh mojave phone booth haven't heard anything yet i'm gonna go to that website after i'm done here and check it out and see what their music's like but uh apparently she's not quite done yet but i always wanted more from snake river conspiracy but you know i guess it just didn't work out that way um one last track for you, of course. Uh, Machines of Loving Grace. I discovered his band via the Crow soundtrack. There's actually two of them. One is the actual uh, Graham Revel uh, standard uh, soundtrack, and then the other was, of course, all the the, the hot bands at the time, like, you know, um, Nine Inch Nails, um, Helmet, uh, who was the other one? Uh, fuck. Um, <sighs> the Cure. Uh, stuff like that. So... Machines of Love and Grace was on there with uh, Gagotha Tenement Blues, which is a great track in itself. So it kind of made me want to hear more from the band. When got uh, their other their first album with uh, Butterfly Wings on it and stuff like that. Uh, certainly cool industrial rock stuff. Uh, and didn't they release Guilt in '95? And that I got a track off of that for you called uh, Suicide King and uh it was a much darker album than the first one but uh still very cool uh never haven't really kept up with them much uh i don't think they put too much more out uh they may not even be together anymore. more i can't remember but anywho this is called suicide king from machines of love and grace and i hope you all enjoy the rest of your weekend take care be cool keep on rocking